0: Fox podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Inside the Game Guys podcast, emergency pod, breaking news here late on a Monday evening, Tuesday morning, depending on where you're at. It's about 1230 a.m. Eastern time. And most of you will probably hear this tomorrow morning. <laughs> South Carolina has a new basketball coach, Chattanooga head coach. Lamont Paris uh, has agreed to a five-year deal per reports. Uh, sources indicated to the dot myself included, earlier today that it was a done deal. Um, he interviewed in Columbia on Sunday. My understanding is he drove to the interview, which I think, considering the amount of leaks <laughs> coming from agents and such in this search, that uh, they uh, it's probably a good thing, right? <laughs> I still got that information though. I don't know. I settled a little bit. Lots of opinions about this hire and how this search went down. And uh, I have a lot of opinions about it myself. Um, I know some of you are not happy. Uh, I understand that point of view. Uh, I can't say that looking at it, even from a neutral perspective, that the search uh, was as smooth as it could have been. Uh, I think that myself included. Uh, I sort of got caught up in the, the, the way of thinking that, you know, Sean Miller uh, was a home run grand slam hire, one of the best coaches in basketball. And obviously there was a lot there with him. Uh, he elected to go back to Xavier. Uh, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, you, you got uh, Dennis Gates from Cleveland State, who was in the mix, who opted for Missouri, Uh, You had Matt McMahon. There was a report today. Carolina's going to meet with him in Murray, Kentucky, the Murray State head coach. And uh, it wasn't – I mean, I don't know how they got up there and did the interview, and then the guy turned around and took the LSU job right away. And it played out publicly that uh, he picked LSU over South Carolina. Uh, Miller picked Xavier over South Carolina. That's never good. That's never good optics-wise when you're conducting a coaching search. Um, then at the end, it, it sort of came down to Lamont Paris and B.J. Mackey. My understanding is there were some people not happy uh, about that, that uh, they were pushing for B.J. Uh, I think I probably would have would have hired B.J. Uh, in that situation because I thought, you know, B.J. Mackey is an all-time great at South Carolina, um, would have put together a really good staff, uh, I think many times, and, and this is not on, on Ray Tanner <clears throat> at all, uh, and I'm not, de- I'm not defending him more on him in a second, uh, I think many times through this program's history, it, it sort of spit on its own. And it goes back to the McGuire era, him getting forced out, the university getting googly eyes and, and hiring uh, Bill Foster over Bobby Crimmins, which didn't work out. Uh, they forced out George Felton, who was a Gamecock, who's the only other assistant they've hired uh, since McGuire. It was 25 games over 500, had everybody back off a 20-win team. Uh, going into the SEC, that search was a fiasco and ended up with Steve Newton. We know how that turned out. Um, <clears throat> the issues with Eddie Fogler and Mike McGee that forced him to resign, and then there were other issues Fogler didn't like about the game and the direction it was going. And then another search that kind of played out like this uh, very publicly. Tubby Smith turns it down. Jim Calhoun turns it down. It gets all the way down to Bobby Crimmins and Dave Odom. uh, And they have a chance to, uh, I'll quote Braveheart, unite the clans. Unite us. Wake up the echoes, however you want to put it. And uh, heal a lot of old wounds by bringing Bobby back. Right. And at the time, you know, Bobby Crimmins hadn't gone to College of Charleston yet. He had a good run there. I I don't know that he would have had any more success than Dave Odom. I don't even know if he'd have won two NIT titles and played for a third. I think the recruiting would have been a little better with him just because the staff he was going to put together uh, in state wise. And and otherwise, uh, Bobby could always recruit really well. Um, And I thought it was a huge mistake for whoever on the board of trustees to block that. Uh, assuming that's what McGee wanted to do at the time. Uh, Not that Dave Odom was a horrible coach. Uh, I think he did the best he could, but he was clearly at the end of his career. Uh, And and so was Bobby Crimmins. But I I just felt like at the time – and and Odom did a good job of trying to get everybody back together, get the family back together, whatever. I just felt like at the time, you know, hey, you've got an opportunity to just, you know, heal some – Heal some wounds. The, the Bobby Crimmins thing that happened when he came for two days and went back was tough. Um, he, he's a lifelong Gamecock, a, a favorite native son. I think all of us pulled for Georgia Tech, at least to the point where uh, he took the job and went back. It didn't do too well once he went back to Georgia Tech, by the way. But uh, I think we all pulled for him, you know, when he was there. He's a Gamecock, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, So, you know, again, they passed on one of their own uh, all the times. And, look, a lot's come out about Greg Marshall. Uh, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle in terms of what happened at Wichita. There's another guy. He didn't go to the University of South Carolina, but grew up pulling for the Gamecocks. And and when he was at Winthrop going to the tournament every year, you know, the job comes open. He doesn't get a sniff. Too good to hire the Winthrop coach, I guess. Um, that doesn't really fit with the linear alienation, but, you know, that happened. Uh, went to Wichita State, wouldn't even sniff the job uh, at any, any point. So you move forward, there's the war chest of credibility. Uh, they have to make a hire on the cheap. They hired Darren Horn, and that has some relevance to Lamont Paris here from a resume standpoint. Um that was a disaster. After one decent year, and then Frank Martin comes in, and you know about his excuse me, a little uh, mucus in my. Ugh, I know that's gross. Uh, he comes in. We know the ten year run, won NCAA tournament, uh, but did have the program. You know, didn't let it sink. Uh, you know, John Rothstein always uh, tweets out Frank Martin incapable of submission, and he never let it sink like a lot of guys did. Look, Odom let it sink. Fogler let it sink. Uh, You know, Newton certainly let it sink. Uh, Frank kept it above water. But, you know, one in 10, the final four was a great moment. There's no doubt. I'll always remember it. It's one of the best moments of my life, uh, simply because I've always believed in this basketball program. And it was just great to see. The Gamecocks at the Final Four. I was there along with about twelve thousand other Gamecocks. All of you that went to that, I'll never forget it. Uh, but you don't capitalize on the Final Four. The program stuck. Uh, Eighteen and thirteen again this year. A good improvement over last year. Still no NIT. Uh, administration decides to make a change. So, you know, it goes through that. It comes down to again to a favorite. Son of Carolina, B.J. Mackey, and Lamont Paris, and it's decided they're going to go with Lamont Paris, which a lot of people were not happy with if it came down to those two. Um, so a lot of moving parts here. First and foremost, uh, I- I'll say this, and and I think this may not be completely fair, but it is a certainly a um, – I don't know a theory of mine, a Sherbertism, a a uh, an opinion, a hard and fast rule of hiring uh, that if you hire a mid major, and and I have three examples of this. Two of them are Carolina related. That has not been consistently good. In other words, you know, in five years, more than one tournament appearance. Uh, you know, consistent tournament appearances. Uh, or maybe just consistent performance. Uh, Bob Ritchie from Furman didn't make the tournament, didn't win a title, uh, has a hard job, but he he was very consistent. 20-plus wins every year, uh, kept reloading, kept winning at Furman. He'll continue to win at Furman. Um, You know, and and you look at Lamont Paris, and and he's a lot like Darren Horn, except his trajectory – you know, he started off, had two bad years, <clears throat> inherited a weird wo- a bad roster situation, had to build it up, built it up 27 and 6 this year. Uh, we watched him play Illinois last week, and obviously that was a closed hard fault ball game, 54-53. The mocks went out in the first round. Um, and Horn obviously went to the sweet 16. I- I'll say this though, Horn had two mid-majors. Uh, that he was matched up against. I think he played Drake in the first round and then San or San Diego in the first. It's been San Diego in the second. Got to the Sweet 16, lost badly. Um, but got there nonetheless. Uh, you know, so mid-major coaches that have not had consistent success, I, I, I tend to kind of shy away from. And, and Horn is a big example of that kind of a one-hit wonder at Western Kentucky, which is a great mid-major job. Much better than Chattanooga, by the way. Um, Chattanooga's really good, too. Uh, And then, (laughs) you know, I'll use Mark Kingston as an example, and I don't know what's going to happen. with Baseball's a funny game, so I don't want to look like a moron and Kingston's sitting there in the Super Regionals. Uh, But I think as things stand right now, you would not call that a tremendous hire (laughs) by any stretch. And Kingston, you know, at Illinois State, NCAA tournament his first year, never went back in five. Uh, At South Florida, went there his first year, had a losing record his second, and that's tough to do in college baseball, have a losing record. Even that team that he had that won nine SEC games a couple years ago finished 500 overall. Um, And then went back to the tournament, and Ray Tanner hired him. And I don't know that that's working out. Now, a football, there's not a football example, you know, other than I guess you could say, because Carolina hadn't really hired uh, an FCS coach since Sparky. You could probably say Will Muschamp was inconsistent at Florida. You know, he, he, you know, six at seven and six, and then 11 and two, and then four and eight, and then six and five, and he was out. But I don't know that that's a good comparison. I think uh, the best comparison with a resume like that would probably be Derek Dooley from Louisiana Tech taking Tennessee. He had a losing season. And this is a place, Louisiana Tech, that, that fired Skip Holtz for doing nothing but winning championships. So it's not a hard job. It's a good, pretty good mid-major job. They care. And a uh, losing season. And then the next season, eight and five upset Mississippi State. And then, you know, losing season, then he gets Tennessee. And we know how that worked out. Uh, and that's the best I could do. Now, look, some I mean, of you want to do some research out there uh, as far as coaches that are, you know, that are inconsistent mid-majors and they go to major schools and do well, that, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm, I, may not, I don't know that that's a – like that's a, that's a tried and true thing. But I—that's my theory because I've seen it at Carolina not work out, and uh, you know, the, there's only the football example with Dooley uh, that I'm I'm thinking. So, you know, I mean, I, uh, Jim McElwain at Florida is another guy that uh, obviously got fired after three years. He won two SEC East, and then got fired. But uh, his Colorado State teams were were not. Mountain West champs, things like that. It wasn't like hiring Urban Meyer who went undefeated at Utah uh, or anything like that. So, you know, I look at it from that standpoint and I, you know, I'm not going to violate my own rules here and say, hell yeah, uh, this is a slam dunk (laughs) because I'd, I'd be violating my theory and I can't sit there and sell that to you guys. I mean, it's not my job to sell anything anyway, but I can't sit there and say, oh, it's a lock, no-brainer, this guy's going to be great. It could be, but I can't tell you that. I I can't – you know, (laughs) unlike a Matt McMahon at Murray State who's 154 and 67, uh, he's got two of the, I guess, four or five Murray State round of 32 trips, went this year – won 30-something games, you know, that's the type of mid-major resume that's getting into the no-brainer category. Now, any mid-major hiring basketball is a crapshoot. You know, for every guy that works out, there's a guy that bombs. And that's just it. I will say Murray State, you know, even though Billy Kennedy got fired at A&M, he won the SEC in 2016. (laughs) Uh, Mick Cronin coached there. Steve Prom got fired for winning two games at Iowa State. I, I, I don't know what he left behind for the new guy, but they ended up going to uh, – they're in the Sweet 16 this year. Uh, but, you know, you hired the coach from Murray State, uh, and it's – you know, Steve Newton was 30 years ago. I mean, I think I think that's something everybody would have been happy with. Um, you know, very publicly turned it down and took another SEC job, which – and that, that program is probably going on probation. Maybe the last program ever now with NIL to go on probation. <laughs> uh, and LSU is a fine job. There There's boatloads of basketball, just like in football, basketball talent, Louisiana. Don't get me wrong. Um, so, you know, he, he didn't have the resume that McMahon has. Uh, I do think the trajectory at Chattanooga was heading in the right direction. Uh, I'll tell you that. I think that, you know, that was – that's – the moccasins were on the rise. Um, You know, it took a buzzer beater for them to beat Furman this year in the SoCon Championship. Heck of a game. Uh, They lost some games, kind of puzzling to Western Carolina VMI this year in the conference. Um, uh, But, hey, 27 wins, 27 wins. They made a good account of themselves in the tournament. No shame in going down to Brad Udenwood in Illinois in a one-point game. Um, They led the whole game, really. Uh, It's just a heartbreaker for them. Credit Illinois and a very talented Illinois team that's already been eliminated. By the way, good job, Selection Committee, with those nine Big Ten teams. (laughs) Excellent choice. I hope you're happy with your net rankings and your metrics and all that happiness, and I hope you're happy screwing the ACC. You know, screwing Wake Forest, good job. Excellent. Excellent work. You know, last I checked, Notre Dame won two games. They were one of the last teams in before they fell out to uh, Texas Tech by six. Uh, I think, you know, Miami's in the Sweet 16. They knocked off Auburn. Um, North Carolina is uh, – beat Baylor, took them out. Duke is in the Sweet 16. So, great job. You know, to everybody out there that said the ACC sucked this year in basketball, and left the twenty-three win Wake Forest team just uh, you know dangling out there because maybe their net ranking was not all that good. Screw, you know, screw that. That's that. that I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Um, and now maybe it won't be that way. From now. maybe this is just a abnormal year. Anything can happen in the tournament. But uh, so anyway, back to the hire. Um, You know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can't, you know, sit there and really hang your hat on this resume. And I don't think it really has much to do with Lamont Paris. I think it has more to do with Darren Horn, Mark Kingston, Ray Tanner, uh, maybe Will Muschamp, you know. I think Muschamp is kind of a different animal. But uh, hiring guys that don't have proven results and expecting better. Uh, and, I, and I don't know that that's worked That's South Carolina, you know, uh, over the years. Now I will say the last uh, head coach in a major sport they hired coach at Chattanooga once upon a time was Joe Morrison coach Chattanooga before he took New Mexico and then took South Carolina ended up being one of the best coaches at the time. He was the best coach in program history and he still highly respected the late great Joe Morrison. So, there's a tidbit for you. Clemson hired a coach from Chattanooga, Tommy West. That didn't work out too well. It's not a shot at the Tigers. I'm just kind of providing some context about Chattanooga and that job. Um, so I, I don't think some of the hesitancy is necessarily about Lamont Paris and what he can do. I think it's just about fool you once, shame on me, fool you twice. Fool, fool you once, shame on you, fool you twice, shame on me, right? So it's hard to it's hard to sit there and look at the numbers and go. This guy has a losing overall Southern Conference record. Most of it was front loaded. Now at the start of his career, um, and you know, in fairness, <laughs> he didn't inherit the best situation from recently fired UMass coach Matt McCall. Uh, he he was like, one of the youngest teams in the country to start with, and. He did an interview with the Pittsburgh Tribune Review before the tournament. and uh, The thing about Lamont Paris that a lot of people like is he's really good in the portal, a really good personnel guy. Uh, for an example, at uh, Wisconsin, he was an assistant there for a long time. He had Tyler Hero committed. We remember him. He played for Kentucky. When he left for Chattanooga, Hero decommitted committed and went to Kentucky. Uh, so the guy can recruit. He's got a track record in that regard. Uh, it's not easy to recruit to Wisconsin. They find a way to get it done, Um, you know, and he's done a nice job in the portal and things like that, building up Chattanooga. And I think with the transfer portal now, you know, you've, you've got an opportunity, you know, (laughs) Frank Martin went and, you know, got a lot of players in the portal and that really helped the Gamecocks get back on track to a certain extent this year. So I like that about him. I mean, I, I really do. I think, you know, based on that and some conversations I've had, you know, this guy is kind of a really good recruiter, you know, then you're not going to find if you pull up a 24-7 sports database, like a, his profile on a bunch of five stars and stuff like that. Number one, Wisconsin, they were more, they're kind of more of a find the player deal. I did think the Tyler Hero stuff was good, but uh, I also, <clears throat> when I look at it, you know, he, he recruited a lot of guys that uh, were on that Final Four team that beat Kentucky and played for it all and I think went back to the Final Four. Uh, and, you yeah, know, Wisconsin is a, a, a beast uh, of a program, and I say that a different beast. Uh, in football and basketball, there's really – football and men's basketball, there's really no reason for them to be as good as they are. They just are. If you look at their recruiting footprint, uh, all that. I mean, Marquette's found a way to make it work in Milwaukee, uh, UW-Milwaukee under Bruce Pearl was good. UW green Bay under Bennett was good, but Wisconsin University of university, Wisconsin finds a way and, uh, finds a daggum way. So hats off to them. Uh, I talk a lot about less with more, uh, it, you know, in football, I, I find it hard to say that right now because I think Frank Martin was a very good, uh, not less with more, more with less. I'm sorry, <laughs> more with less, uh, more with less. Because uh, I think Frank Martin was one of the best in the country. So if, if that's kind of what you were looking for, you know, that's it. And and here's the thing I talked about. This program, you know, like I said earlier, it, it's not the 10 and 21 outfit with a gutted roster, Darren Horn left. It's not, uh, you know, the program that you know, uh, who, who was it, uh, Eddie Fogler inherited, where it's like you you, you got two years and you're just going to struggle. You know, this is a program that's, you know, with the exception of the COVID year, you know, since the year before the NIT team that got screwed, they've had winning seasons, you know. And most of the time winning seasons are at least 500 in the SEC, which is something a lot of coaches struggled with. Now, Fogler struggled most years in the SEC. Odom definitely was—I think it was five hundred one year. Horn ten and six his first year, and one of the worst years in league history. And uh, and then got bounced in the tournament and didn't make it. Um, with Twenty-one wins. I, that schedule must have been awful. And then, uh, it, it, you know, so that that that's limited progress, but progress nonetheless as it relates to being competitive within your league, you know, so I thought, you know, look, the program stuck, you know, you do have some good recruiting news on the horizon from Frank Martin on the GG Jackson front, the Julian Phillips front, possibly uh, other guys who would have followed Gigi in the portal or whoever. Eric Stevenson was coming back. Jermaine Cousinard was coming back. David Carter was coming back. I uh, had a pretty, the makings of a good team next year, and player-wise, you know, I I think that player-wise, you know, they were looking at getting those extra four or five wins they needed, you know, status quo. But I also understand that if you're the administration of South Carolina and you're wanting to make a move previously and you felt like the program was stuck and that this was the way to get it unstuck, great. But my expectation, (laughs) based on that, is that, hey, the new hire should come in and get them those four or five extra wins. Now, is that my prediction? No, I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't think that's an unfair expectation. I don't want to hear this is a rebuild because it's not. I mean, there's no planet where this should be a rebuild. Now, basketball is transitional. You can lose – 10 guys off your roster a year now with the transfer portal. But I think that if you were going to part ways with Frank Martin, you better be damn sure you're going to get, you know, Frank Martin, especially with all the potential player additions. And, and folks, you, you can think that's propaganda all you want. You can ask people, you know, that was going to happen. And, uh, you know, Chose to part ways. So, you know, my personal expectation is Lamont Paris should get them closer to a bid next year. <laughs> Fair or unfair? And, uh, and, and that's kind of my total takeaway from this is that this whole situation right now, and it's nothing that a good opening press conference and some good recruiting and player additions won't solve. Everybody will be happy once that starts happening and wouldn't surprise me if it did. But right now, this is just an unfair spot for this guy. You know, you you had a divided fan base. You made a divisive hire with Will Muschamp. You you made a hire a lot of people question with Mark Kingston, and now that's tanking. Um, You know, Shane Beamer had a lot of support for the job from a lot of noteworthy people, including myself, and I think he's progressing great. I think the Williams Bryce will be packed next year, but – a lot of empty seats last season. For a while, it took until the you know I was I was at the Kentucky game and you know it was a good crowd, but man, shoot, I remember sitting up and I sat in East Upper because I I like the people there. <laughs> uh, I was up in East Upper, I could spread out across whatever, and I remember going to games during the Holtz era and sitting in East Upper, and it was packed. Now, maybe, maybe, it, maybe I just don't go to many games and, and I miss that these days, but shoot, I remember other games that I've been to during the Must Champ era. Where it, was, it was pretty well crowded. Wasn't the case. Clemson game, crowd showed up. It was that? So I don't know that at that point, you know, probably like a silent majority or minority, you know, wasn't fired up about the Beamer higher and then the struggles on offense didn't help either because people are sick of watching bad offense but uh you know beamer has things in the right direction and i'm sure uh the hearty souls that went to the mayo bowl and all that are are excited and i think that a lot of people now that they saw that and and you got spencer rattler coming in i don't think it's going to be a problem but you know you look at that higher and uh, I've always been very supportive of Shane. I, I've always thought he's a rising star in coaching, um, regardless of what I thought about the offensive coordinator last year. But, um, you know, a lot of people weren't. Now the tight ends coach from Oklahoma, great. And so you had a hire there that I don't think was nearly as divisive as Must Champ. and I think Shane Beamer had a hell of a job selling it and, and being positive, and, and even through negativity, he was very positive, and that resonates. And I think now people are really starting to get it and get on board. But, you know, I, I just don't know that you could go say again, you know, we're hiring this guy because of what if. What can what, – what if. You know, blend him and his resume with South Carolina, and let's see what happens. And I just don't know that that was the type of hire that, you know, needed to be made this time. And I don't think it's fair to Paris. Um, this hire is a historical hire. It is the first African-American head coach in the history of South Carolina men's basketball or football. So in revenue sports, it is a historic hire. History has been made. That's 2022. Um, my concern – and I, and I said this on the big spur and I've I've been monitoring Twitter and you know you guys have done a a really good job of kind of keeping the criticism to ray and the record and all that but my, there were people talking about doing a Tennessee fan style twitter mob to not get this guy hired and and, and my concern of course was you start railing against that there are people out there in our country these days that live on Twitter and search for things like that, particularly, you know, those of us that, you know, reside some of the time in my case, but most of the time in y'all's case below the Mason Dixon line, my personal opinion is a lot of folks these days are jealous of the quality of life in the South with some of the things going on in our other States, but uh, they're just looking for anything, you know, to, 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 to call you, a racist and I'm proud of you guys because I haven't seen anything to indicate it's a Twitter mob coming after Lamont Paris. And, and I said this, I said, please don't go after this guy. I mean, he had, number one, he hadn't even been introduced. Number two, he hadn't coached a game. He hadn't recruited anybody. I mean, he, he's just, you know, the, he wanted the job. He drove to Columbia to get it. Um, He sees something here. You know, this is not he's from Ohio. This is not somebody that's you know been around the state and you know knows about he just saw it from afar and thinks it has potential. Um, so so I encouraged everybody, don't go after him if you want to be critical of Ray or, or the Board of Trustees or or whoever, that's fine. I mean, you know, and, and I was good. I saw Ray Tanner was trending on Twitter, not not Lamont Paris. So <laughs> that was good. Proud of you guys for not and like I said, just protect your reputation not do I think it's b s do i think in any way shape or form any single person out there uh, you know that I know and interact with uh would would just be upset that they hired an african american no absolutely not I know you're all better than that and if you are you know just because of that, I don't want you to listen to my podcast honestly uh but i, I think in today's society were very quick to throw that label on things. And I was like, well, the entire fan base is about to get canceled here. <laughs> you know, thank God that didn't happen. And I'm proud of you guys for, you know, that, that read my post and took my advice. And I know not everybody reads my post or, or takes my advice, uh, but for the most part, Gamecock Twitter, you know, focused the, 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 the anger, you know, they have a question in the record question. Um, Tanner, and, and, and as I said, I think this has much to more to do with frustration with Ray Tanner, Mark Kingston, Darren Horn, Will Muschamp, if you will. Uh, these hires that happen that aren't sure things. You know, the, 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 there's there's only one of them that right now looks like it's heading in the right direction, but he's only been here one year. I have a feeling that's going to work out and everybody's going to be really happy um, just based on recruiting and and everything but uh, the direction of the program, if you will. Um, so proud of you guys for not, you know, jumping in and uh, starting a Tennessee-style, we don't want Gregiano uh, riot on Twitter because I was just very concerned it had nothing to do with you folks, uh, just how some people may interpret that given the nature, the historic nature of the hire. And I hope I'm being clear It's kind of an awkward subject, to be honest. But uh, I don't think a single one of you is mad at the hire because of anything but the record. Uh, Some of you probably don't like the style of play. You're worried about playing like Wisconsin. Uh, I don't think Chattanooga necessarily played a lot like Wisconsin last year, but I don't know that, uh, to be sure. I didn't watch all their games. I know Illinois was low score, but Illinois is kind of a defensive-type team sometimes. Brad Underwood, former Frank Martin, assistant coach is there. Um, so, you know, some of you are concerned about that, the style of play, that kind of thing. You know, the fact that he'd only been to the tournament once in five years, that's fine. I mean, I think that's all that's fair game. Ray Tanner, former hires, the trending, how the search went down. I'll get to that more in a second. Um, and you kept it to that rather than attacking the guy with like <laughs> Shiano got <brailed. laughs> Uh you know, and, and I'm, 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 I'm happy for you uh, for that. Because I like I said, I got on Twitter tonight and was like, Oh my God, what I'm going to see. And uh, Gamecock fans, you did a good job. Cause I, I don't expect you guys. Uh, and I'm not going to do this. Uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've, you know, with Will Muschamp, I think there's going to be a 30-for-31 day about why that guy never worked out as a head coach, because you listen to him, you listen to people that work with him, you listen to people that know with him, you talk to recruits, you talk to players. Uh, Everybody thinks he's a great coach. When you get to game day, weird stuff happens, injuries happen. Marcus Lattimore talked about this, and this is interesting. uh, On a podcast with Mike Yuva, I I know some of you probably – Critical of Mike Yuva because of the, the Hall's Chop House thing. But uh, hear me out on this. Uh, you know, Marcus talked about some things in the strength program. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Because kind of the same thing that happened at Carolina happened at Florida. Same strength coach for most of the time. He finally made a change there. Uh, then COVID hit, so we don't even know how that guy would have worked. I think the strength program's in good hands right now with Luke Day. And if you notice the injuries uh, last year, although the Gamecocks did have some, uh, it was kind of more of a normal injury type of year than the amount that they had under Muschamp. And you know, the only after what Marcus said, because I was always like, ah, I don't even know if the strength coach is to blame. You know, they did a they did a study on it. No, he's not to blame. But man, you you really kind of look at it. What's the common denominator? And then look at the injury situation this year. And uh, it's much better. And uh, so, you know, 2020, a lot of guys were out with COVID. I don't think uh, Jackson, the new strength coach, I don't think he had a chance to really even get anybody going because everything was canceled. But, uh, you know, that's um, that's that. I mean, you know, so maybe that's why. Because well, when you don't have – when you're coaching at South Carolina, even at Florida, you know, all those injuries they had down there, you know, not a lot of teams have Alabama depth. And if you look at Alabama, you know, this past season, injuries definitely caught up to them in the championship game, uh, as good as they are just because, you know, their younger receivers didn't, didn't do much. They weren't ready to go. And, you know, that kind of cost them the game. Bryce Young sitting there throwing it. Throwing dimes, guys are dropping it, that, that kind of thing. So, you know, if you had to pinpoint one thing as to why his career did not work out as a head coach, it's probably injuries. There's other things, offensive coordinators, that kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. defensive coordinators, defense, com- defensive complexity, you know, but uh, those things probably are pretty minor compared to injuries. Injuries. And, and I don't know that Steve Spurrier – uh, would have won the games he did here had they not stayed very, very healthy uh, with the exception of Marcus Lattimore and, you know, Connor Shaw that one year having some, some injury issues. Uh, but, uh, you know, there was one there. Oh, nine, Stephen Garcia had gotten hurt. I don't know what the hell they would have done at quarterback. <laughs> I think Reed McCollum was the backup. So, you know, injuries, uh, but you know, I, I saw that, and I was like, "Well, there's no reason." You talk to football folks why, why he can't be good, and some people didn't like it. Some people didn't like him. I think it's fine. Uh, I think he kept it above water and was progressing. And then weird stuff started happening. I mean that that 2018 team that uh, for some reason got shut out in the Bell Pole. I mean that 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 defense they had. Shoot, they were they were running out walk ons at defensive end in the Clemson game that year. And It was just kind of irony that the offense was scoring a bunch of points, you know. Then they got shut out. So I mean, anyway, that that era is over. I, I think it kind of sucked the life out of some people. But you know, Carolina needed somebody to rebuild the roster. They needed somebody to to pay attention to infrastructure. Uh, you know, you look at what went with. I mean, you know, I was behind it, and I'll admit it, I was wrong. It that ten that that tenure lost me. In 2019, when they were relatively healthy, uh, and they went up to Tennessee and lost by 20. That was the end point for me. I said, The end is nigh. Now, Tanner kept him. uh, And I I didn't necessarily agree with it, but looking back on it, I'm glad he did because I think you bring in a new head coach and what happened with COVID and all that and everything for the summer of 2020 who holds that roster together. Muschamp did an absolutely fantastic job holding everybody in place and, and all that, but it just wasn't meant to be. And, and I think when you consider the timing of everything, Shane Beamer inherited a lot of good players that probably he would not have had you made that move a year earlier. So it worked out. I'm not giving Ray Tanner any praise on it because honestly – you know, he didn't know a global pandemic was going to hit, right? <laughs> I mean, nobody knew that stuff was going to happen. So, you know, I, I think, you know, that's kind of an all's well that ends well. But, you know, I, I was behind the must champ I saw a lot that, of ways that it could work out. I'll be honest, when, when I wrote an article making the case for him, I was under the impression that the offensive coordinator would not be Kurt Roper. I was under the impression the offensive coordinator would be someone else. And uh, I'll just – I'll live with that. I'll own it. I was wrong. Okay. Uh, you know, you look at the the Mark Kingston hire. You know, the, you talk to baseball people, and they swear by the guy. I swore by the guy. I'm not a baseball person. You know, great recruiter, great guy. You know, played with Chad Holbrook at North Carolina, ironically. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that, that that's working out in fact I, you know and I, I'm not like I said before I don't I don't want to look like an idiot because baseball is a funny game and his first team you know looked like they were doomed and ended up in the super regionals now that team had a lot of talent but uh, it's frustrating year after year to see a team that can't hit and now you've got pitching issues and it's just totally depressing to see the University of Tennessee as dominant as they are and their rise when when they they have been a program that, while at times they, they were pesky to South Carolina, their program didn't even come close, no matter who they hired. And now they've caught lightning in a bottle. There are divisions in the SEC in baseball. So the East, you know, that's another team. I mean, you know. That's not good when you let let teams pass you, and that's happened. So I'll hold my fire a little bit on that because, like I said, baseball's a funny team. I'm not a baseball expert, big fan, love the game. But, you know, another bad season without tournament plays inexcusable. You know, and that's what I thought. You know, Kings' second year was historically bad, and I – Thought to myself, that's fine. You know, you lost a lot of players. A lot of draft picks off your team last year. You know, just you know never again. That's not South Carolina baseball. They, they bounce back. The season gets canceled. I don't know what that team was going to do. Didn't have a lot of faith. Then last year, uh, I, I think people would feel a lot better had they not blown the regional. And, you know, quite frankly, you had Dallas Baptist coming in to play in the Columbia Super Regional at home. You had an electric crowd there and lost to Old Dominion. Couldn't score. Couldn't score against Virginia. Couldn't score. Couldn't score. And fans are sick of that. I mean, even the, the women's basketball team, good Lord. Great defense. Couldn't score. That baseball team last year was not good on defense either. It was strictly a pitching outfit. But, you know, If you could sneak a trip into Omaha, even if you go to and barbecue last year, which they should have had they been able to hit the ball at all, you know, I think people are a lot more forgiving. But, again, it's minimum standards of a program, and you have to balance it, and you have to balance the trends, and you have to look around you see what's happening in the league, you know. And, And I don't want to hear anything about, oh, other schools are starting to care about baseball. Well, who the hell cares? You know, South Carolina's beaten teams that care. Maybe, you know, this team this year beat a program that cares about baseball. <laughs> you know, you don't think that, you know, Vanderbilt's cared about baseball for more than a decade. Florida cares about baseball, Mississippi State and Arkansas and all those teams. It doesn't matter. You know, other schools have invested in facilities so they could maybe try to get a place a little bit nicer than Founders. Founders is getting an upgrade soon. You know, there's no excuses. You know, for baseball, I just have no excuses. You know, for for 15 years, that program was a a bundle of joy after probably a ridiculously disastrous football or disappointing football year, and then a mediocre basketball season or a good basketball season that that ended disappointingly. I mean, you know, that's what we all look forward to. I'm sick of it. So that's affecting opinions of this hire of Lamont Paris. And that's not fair to him, and I'll admit it. But when you continue to bring – all right, you continue to go to the buffet and you continue to bring me Salisbury steak and tell me it's going to turn into a filet and I'm eating it and it's always Salisbury steak, eventually I'm going to tell you to quit bringing me the damn Salisbury steak. You know? And, and I'm not one that's ever believed that South Carolina was going to continue on this big role where they're hiring Steve Spurrier and Lou Holtz. Um, you know, Ray Tanner was a hell of a hire at the time uh, from NC State and obviously was a fantastic baseball coach. I'll never come off of his legendary status there. Uh, there's nothing nothing wrong with Ray the baseball coach ever. Um, so, some folks out there are starting to – You know, chirp about, oh, he wasn't that good of a baseball. Because, yeah, that's not true. That's just not true. (laughs) Uh, You know, Eddie Fogler obviously had some success. We talked about Odom. Um, But, you know, Frank Martin, uh, you know, Hyman made that hire. Hyman hired Dawn Staley. Now, I don't think it was that difficult getting Dawn Staley from Temple to take this job with the money they offered her to be quite frank. But, hey, look at what he's done. There's no planet where that's not a great high, you know. Um, and, and Frank, at the time, great hire. I mean, it didn't work out, but it took 10 years for it not to work out. It took him to the final. I don't think you can say at the time that wasn't a great high, you know. But Eric Hyman did that. You know, and, and I've never been one to blame Ray for hiring Holbrook because guess what? Had Ray said, ah, I'm gonna go coach at Southern Cal or I'm just gonna go to the beach, you know. <laughs> Holbrook, Chad Holbrook was getting the job. So i am never blamed him for Holbrook, but you you start to think about it. You know, here's Chad Holbrook, that's one hire. Oh, didn't work out. Here's Mark Kingston, uh, oh, didn't work out. There's more Salisbury steak. Uh and, and I will blame Hyman for horn because that's the same kind of hire. Here's some salisbury steak. No, nah, it's not that. It's not that's it's not Salisbury steak. You know. I think Frank Martin was like the old 96er from the great outdoors. You just you got to the end and you know, parts of it was were delicious, you know. And uh he just couldn't eat the grizzle and um all that or get a dessert down you so you could get Paul Bunyan hats for the kids. <laughs> you want to use that analogy. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel. You guys feel. I, I was obviously a big Frank fan. I still am. Um, I, I, I don't know that I can sit here and say that it wasn't time, but I know that if you're going to get rid of him, and then you're going to go after Sean Miller. That the, you know again, you should probably try to not bring a Salisbury steak again, right? You need at least a New York strip, bro. <laughs> I kind of sound like further. You need you know, uh, and, and and so like I said, fine. Get rid of Frank say to hell with the recruiting, whatever, and uh, hire somebody. And you, you brought me Salisbury steak and wanted to turn it into a fillet. So here's my thing. I, I, and it's unfair to Lamont Paris, but, you know, I, I, I expect this team to, you know, win four or five more games next year. Like I said, it's not a rebuild. It's a program that needed a boost. So, You know, I I don't understand for the life of me, you know, and it's not hiring a mid-major, folks. It's not just It's not. – I'm not adverse to that. A lot of schools hire mid-majors. I mean, I think Florida made an unbelievably good hire with Todd Golden at San Francisco. Not an easy place to win. Very entertaining. Great style of basketball, you know. (sighs) But um, it's not hiring a mid-major, you know. Who who at South Carolina was on Twitter – you know, maybe two weeks before the conference tournaments, and saw Rick Pitino tweet beautiful things about Shaheen Holloway at St. Peter's, recommending him for high major jobs. Saying Seton Hall's stupid if they don't hire him. If Kevin Willard goes to Maryland or to wherever, Kevin Willard to Maryland, and Seton Hall will hire him at his alma mater when their St. Peter's is done. I've been to St. Peter's, man. Sheldon Royster, a football recruit, uh, and others that Carolina recruited and played at St. Peter's prep. St. Peter's is right in that same area in Jersey City. It's it's basically like a community college with a gym. I mean, the Peacocks are not the best job in the country, <laughs> and he's done a good job. So who who at South Carolina at least picked up the phone and said, "Hey, look, we know Seton Hall may open, but may, you know maybe you want to head south and maybe you want to make another million and a half." Now maybe they did. Maybe they were told no. Uh, I'm not privy to that information, but was anybody looking at that? I know our hot board on TheBigSpur.com, which I believe was definitely the list, was was kind of the list and had been for a while. You know, you had one guy on there that's definitely a fillet. And now you're getting Salisbury steak again. And that's nothing against Lamont Paris. It's just I don't know how many more times – this fan base can be told to click its heels together and wish upon a star, you know. And look, again, I don't think you need to make a Spurrier or Holtz level higher. You know, people are unrealistic. You know, I know Rick Pitino's sitting at Iona, but he's not leaving Iota for South Carolina. You know, but there are other guys out there that I think, Could have immediately elevated the program. And if you get right down to it, would B.J. Mackey have been a Salisbury steak hire? No, I think B.J. Mackey would have been like Shane Beamer. Here's a plate, go to the buffet. (laughs) How about that? Because B.J. Mackey hadn't won anything, but hadn't lost anything. And he's a game cop. And people that were talking about a Beamer-esque hire, there you go. Now, when you hear Lamont Paris talk, is, is he going to remind you more of Shane Beamer as B.J. Mackey, Lamont Paris? He, he's a very dynamic guy. Uh, I think he'll win the press conference. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, a, his recruiting chops are, are, the more I dig into it, they're proven. Uh, I, hope, I, I hope, like I said, this may be the one piece of Salisbury steak that turns into a fillet, but I understand the skepticism. And, again, the, the person that is the least fair to is Lamont Paris. So, there's my take. And I hope you guys don't think I'm being negative. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, paint sunshine and rainbows and, you know, tell you it's going to be great and, and all that. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this guy sucks either. Because neither one is true. Uh, it's just another hire made by this athletics administration where there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions. This program, since Frank McGuire has hired two mid-major coaches, um, Steve Newton and Darren Horn, and we've seen what happens. Now, we'll go the B.J. Mackey route. They've hired one assistant. and He also was a former player. Now, he was a more decorated recruiter for sure. That was a different era, he and Bobby Crimmins, but uh, that was George Felton. And, you know, he kind of turned it around. And I don't think the guy should have been fired. I think they should, probably should have said, hey, man, you know, whatever your problems are, we're going to help you solve them and gone from there. Maybe he didn't want to. Who knows? It's not what I was told. So, you know, sometimes when you hire mid-majors in your basketball program and you cycle through them, you know, eventually one will turn out. And I hope it's Lamont Paris with all my heart. I hope I'm, you know, all this stuff, you know, fades away and he has a successful run at South Carolina. Uh, I think everybody's proven over the past uh month or so, and it's a little hypocritical given the crowds at the games, but – that's okay. I think everybody's proven they care about the sport and they wanted to do well. I think everybody, you know, look, people, I can say what, what I, you know, the, the crowds are something that are going to have to be solved in a number of ways fans, administration, whatever. Um, but I, 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 I don't think the passion for basketball here is lacking because I saw what happened in Greenville and New York City, and Phoenix during that one magical run, that one shining moment. You don't travel 12,000 with a week's notice to Arizona <laughs> if you don't care. And Carolina had just as many fans there as Gonzaga. The, the biggest traveling party, obviously, was the Tar Heels. But, hey, those guys probably buy Final Four tickets every year just in case. Hey, okay. Uh, I, I bet, in fact, if you looked on Craig's list in, in the research triangle, for final four tickets of Duke of North Carolina are eliminated. you you'd probably have your pick of tickets, um, canceled flights, all that. But but no Gamecock's going to sit there, I'm booking final four tickets today and flights. Uh, dude, it's November. <laughs> they may lose to Boston University next week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, so I, I think I think what's been proven is, there is still a passion for basketball at this institution on the men's side. I think that the reaction to the hire is misguided as some of it is, as misguided as some of the anger has been, uh, you know, proves that. And I hope, you know, that that Lamont Paris works out. I I think you're really going to like him in his press conference. I think you're going to probably like what he does in recruiting. I don't think you're going to know, you know, much about coaching style and all that. I mean, you know, what's interesting about basketball is the coach. Coach actually has a lot to do with the schedule. In football, it's more athletic directors, assistant athletic directors. They run it by the coach, but that stuff so far in advance, you know, like Will Muschamp scheduled Georgia State and Charlotte this year, I think, maybe Spurrier. I don't know. It may have gone back that far. But uh, it it sounds like a must-champ schedule, though, because he he wasn't really huge on playing big time out of conference games except Clemson just because uh, when he got to South Carolina, Clemson became what they were, you know. So, you know, you get to see a scheduling philosophy. You know, I I think Frank, bad luck on the schedule on a lot of years. But uh, I think you may like that. And, and we'll just have to see. You know, there's a lot to be determined. There's recruiting. There's returning players. There's transfer portal. There's scheduling. You know, there's philosophy. I mean, you got a lot to learn about this guy. And, and I, think, I think if you give him a chance, you'll like it. But I'm not going to sit here and, and cheerlead. Uh, and it's not because I personally don't like the hire. It's not the hire I would have made. Uh, It's because I feel for you. I mean, y'all are my first responsibility, you know, the great fans out there. Y'all are who I serve, not anyone else, you know. And, again, I think my analogy was appropriate. This fan base is sick and tired of being served Salisbury steak and hoping it eventually turns into a filet, which I know is never. I mean, scientifically, that's not ever going to happen. Uh, you know, but you got to believe in a little magic, right? Heck, it's an analogy. And it's 1:30 a.m. Eastern. All right, guys. Uh I will be back tomorrow with more. Uh, I will get to all these mailbag questions that I have not gotten to. I got so wrapped up in the search, and then I always take the Thursday and Friday of March Madness off. Uh, and you know, go have a little fun with that. So, yeah, that's why he hadn't heard from me. And I didn't want to get on here because, you know, I'd I'd heard a lot of good things about the Miller situation and, you know, that it was going to go down. I'll tell you this. I I don't think he's at Hall's chop house. And it disappoints me because uh, not just Mike's report, but there's a lot of people out there who I consider very truthful and credible that swear that it happened. I just – have investigated on the other end and know for a fact it didn't. (laughs) So, you know, there's that. And there's some rumor on Twitter about Miller getting up and leaving a meeting at halls with Ray. And then there's a backup. There's a, there's a flight that that went from Columbia to Cincinnati on a, on a jet or charter plane or plane or whatever. But, you know, the, the identification, you know, the folks I talked to, the, the report was, it was in the evening, and then, you know, there was no incoming flight, and he would have had to. I mean, it just, it, it just doesn't line up. And I'm sorry. And look, if uh, if I find out otherwise, I'm going to be really, really upset at a lot of people that, you know, lied. <laughs> But I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> and I'll also tell you right now about the Hall's Chop House thing. Uh, the university did not. If the university is going to put a clamp on something, they're going to say, "Look, can you shut this down?" Rather than just say, "Hey, it's just not true." I mean, not, people don't lie. You know, that's that's been my experience with the university sources. Now, I don't know exactly who John Whittle's source was on it. I can tell you mine was outside of the university uh, in Atlanta. So there you go with that. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I uh, I still just, you know, and, and, and look, that's the last I'm ever going to talk about the Hall's Chop House thing. Number one, because I love Hall's Chop House. Uh, I love the food there. My understanding is the owner is a great guy. I, I support them. Uh, and the other people that have said, yeah, I swear to God it happened. I I like them too. And I don't want to sit around and call them liars. And I, I don't necessarily think they're lying. I just think it's a – I think Sean Miller, there's a lot of guys that look like him. I just think it was a doppelganger kind of thing. That's my theory. But that's the last I'm going to talk about it because I keep hammering that home. It just – it makes me uncomfortable because, like I said, there, there's people that believe it that, you know, I like. So – you know, what good does it do? He ended up going back to Xavier anyway. Uh, and, yeah, and how it played out, uh, the search. There's been searches at this school before that have gone sideways. Like I mentioned, the Mike McGee search for David, Dave Odom. Then with Dave Odom, the, I mean, people want to go back to the King Dixon search with Steve Newton. Um, I think Odom ended up being an acceptable hire for the half of the fan base that didn't want Bobby Crimmins back. I was not one of those. I never liked to hire. But, you know, what happened, happened. And, um, you know, that was kind of one where the game costs got turned down publicly. Tubby Smith says no. You know, Jim Calhoun says no. I think there were other people that said no. I think they contacted Mark Few back in the day. Boy, that would have been something. Hire Mark Few from Gonzaga. That was when Gonzaga burst on the scene. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, 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 there's been other searches that have kind of meandered, you know, but, but I think, you know, the pattern remained this time. Now, the, the last football search was not this way. It was, you know, realistically, it was Shane Beamer, Billy Napier, Scott Satterfield. And it ended up being Shane Beamer, Billy Napier, Scott Satterfield. They picked one and went. Now, now that I've seen what Napier asked for and got at Florida, you know, I was told by people close to him he wasn't asking for five million a year and all that, but I now I have I have some second thoughts on that now. Because he got 7.5 at Florida. So, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe that, maybe Billy Napier's asking price. Uh, was not market value for him at the time, and I think Carolina got the guy for them anyway. Uh, nothing against Billy Napier because I think he's a hell of a coach, but I, I just think when you talk about fit and support and all that, you know, and and seeing kind of what Beamer's done so far, that's so the last football coach didn't go sideways, and you know the the Kingston search and the Muschamp search did, and it kind of followed the same pattern. It was kind of a, a 1A, 1B, and then field the first football surge because Tom Herman or Kirby, Kirby Smart. Now, before Tom Herman ever emerged as a leading candidate, years, you know, when, when Spurrier first started getting a little bit up there, Kirby Smart was always rumored to be, you know, eyeing the South Carolina job and all that. Uh, but Tanner, you know, <laughs> Tanner's sitting in his, in his living room when Georgia opens. It's like, oh, well, you know, who should I hire? <laughs> uh, and, and I don't I don't blame Ray at all for the Kirby thing just because, you know, Georgia is such a good job. You don't have to rebuild. You inherit a 10-win team uh, who's who's right there. You know, close. Uh, Plus, it's your alma mater. It's your school. I mean, there's there's no way in hell you're going to South Carolina over that, no matter what the money is. So that was unfortunate. And then, you know, the, the search meandered around. He hired Will Muschie, who was third the entire time. But, you know, we know the fiasco of all those interviews at the end, Willie Taggart. Greg Ciano interviewed, Rich Rodriguez, which is embarrassing. But that was Ray's first search. So the baseball search was kind of clandestine. Chased Kevin O'Sullivan, and I, I think he probably would have had him, but, you know, Sullivan won the World Series that year and got a new stadium built for him. So it just that wouldn't have been an appropriate time to leave. Um, and that, that went on and on, and then he ended up with Kingston. You know, so there's your pattern of chasing top targets, striking out, and settling again, Salisbury State. Right now, the Beamer search did not go that way. I don't think I, I, I'm not, I, I, they hired a guy that was zero and zero. And then, like I said, that, that's like a blank slate. Um, but then this one, very meandering, uh, and, and almost you know, like the the agents, I think, started putting stuff out and, and, and using the South Carolina job after Mustamp was really a done deal. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe trying to make their guys look good. And maybe, maybe Ray thought I'll do this as, as a favor to you guys. Whew, sorry. That stuff will blow up in your face, though, and we haven't seen that since. Now, this one was just... Tough, you know, obviously, Miller's agent used South Carolina to get Xavier open to get that job. Uh, obviously, they allegedly flew to Murray, Kentucky today, and Matt McMahon takes LSU right after very publicly, uh, LSU over South Carolina, very publicly, Xavier over South Carolina. Um, It was not ever reported Gates took Missouri over South Carolina, I don't think. But Gates was a guy that could have been a front runner for the job. Bob Ritchie pulls out very publicly, the Furman coach, uh, who was thought to be connected with his job for a long time. And again, you know, say what you want about Bob Ritchie. To me, his resume is a little bit different because he's been consistent. Uh, at a school that's tough to win in basketball, Furman. I don't know why Davidson's done it. Lots of academic schools have done it, but uh, it's tough, tough gig. It's all always, always has been. I grew up in the Upstate, following Furman basketball. Uh, so he pulls out. I mean, and, and then it comes down to to a guy that's Salisbury steak and a, and a Gamecock that's a that's a blank slate that people rally around and. You know, you get served Salisbury steak again. So I'm done talking about Salisbury steak. But, you know, I understand the disappointment. But yet again, I'll tell you, don't focus anger on Lamont Paris. Number one, it's counterproductive. You know, number two, you know, the guy just got the biggest job of his life. I, I think he probably doesn't understand what he's about to face. Uh, Because if I were him, I would have maybe thought twice about it. Um, But, you know, he's a confident guy and he sees something and he's been around good basketball. And So uh, I say you don't have to uh, praise Ray Tanner or Chance Miller or Paris Pastides or the search firm or anybody involved because – the bottom line is outside of, you know, once the search got to be embarrassing with the public, the public turning of, turning down, uh, following Sean Miller, uh, then outside of a Sean Miller level, nobody was going to be happy. But I would focus your anger on the process, and I would focus your anger on kind of the tone deafness uh, of, of not understanding like the fan base. And the, the, it's quite frankly sick uh, of, of you know, hey, but if and, it, you know, oh, well, don't worry about that. And, oh, well, you know, th- this this wasn't his fault, you know. Uh, and I'm not saying anything that's not true. I, I understand Paris inherited a crappy situation at Chattanooga, thought he would just roll out their refreshment, got his butt handed to him a couple of years. He also said on the record that that would never happen to him again with the transfer portal and all that. Um, you know, I understand there are reasons for that, and I agree. Uh, I I just think it, it's the timing as it relates to everything else, and and on, and, and people's blood starts to boil. You know, when you're sitting there watching the tournament, you're not in it yet again. You know, honest to God, I don't know what the hell's wrong with the women's team offensively. Uh, you know, thank God they won, but that was some of the ugliest basketball I think I've ever seen in my life. And uh, the women's game is not supposed to be ugly like that. And, and you got a bunch of McDonald's all Americans on that team. Uh, you know, that had to be frustrating for those of you that follow that sport and the baseball gets tattooed by Tennessee. You know, that's tough to tough pill to swallow. Uh, I'm sure they felt the same way during football when There were years where South Carolina tattooed them, but Carolina actually never really tattooed them. They go on winning streaks, but that was it. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And so I think a lot of it has a lot more to do with the process, other sports, a process that played out a lot like some other hires Tanner's made, uh, and then the fact that those hires haven't worked out. And, and again – you know that that's not really including Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer, right now, if you add, if you if you look at it by any objective measure, that hire is working out. Look at the recruiting, look at all that. Hopefully, they're better on offense. We'll talk about that all off season. But uh, you know, but that one didn't really go down like the rest. There there wasn't like a you know the game Gamecocks didn't set out and say we're going to hire Matt Campbell. Now now look, they tried to kind of gauge his interest and then they kind of tried to do it a couple more times behind the scenes but you know they didn't sit out and and meet with Matt Campbell and a little like a done deal then boom oh no I'm staying at Iowa State you know they didn't get ATM by that you know it was Beamer, Napier, Satterfield you know they didn't go out and get turned down by Hugh Freeze or anything like that so you know, I, I I thought that search actually gave people some hope, especially after this season turned out. But but then again, you know, like I said, I think Beamer had a lot of support. But obviously, some people weren't all that fired up about him. And I know there's some people on the message board wanted him fired. Like, no, but um, you know, in the crowds, which look, I, I'm kind of convinced the 2021 football season. When you look at the crowds across the country, there's not all the way back after the pandemic. I, I think this coming season we'll see something different. But, you know, th- this has gone just like the Kingston hire, the Champ hire, the the Darren Horn hire back in the day because Hyman did uh, target Capel and some others and settled on the, the bargain. Travis Ford, I think, was in the mix. S- settled on the bargain, basement bargain hire. But you know what? I think he hired Don Staley at the same time and was trying to make that work financially, and that's paid off. And He turned around and hired Frank Martin. So, I don't know. I don't blame you guys for being skeptical or upset. Skeptical more than than, than upset. And again, please don't turn your... Anger toward Lamont Paris, he's, he's just taking a job. He's going to do the best he can. But I do think if there is a baseball opening this year, and I'm not saying there is, uh, better get a, better get a grand slam, (laughs) better get a grand slam. Uh, and I thought that if, if, if the baseball job did open and they did hire Sean Miller, you know, that completely, changes the narrative around Ray Tanner's tenure as athletic director. So I think it's, you know, or if they'd have hired any kind of non-Salisbury state, man, I said I wouldn't mention it again, type of hire. I think that would have happened. Uh, That and a big-time baseball hire. There's no excuse not to make a huge baseball hire if the job comes open. Like I said, don't want to look like a clown because baseball is a funny game. And the minute I start saying that, they're going to go like a 17-game win streak. Just how the sport works. (laughs) anyway, all right, folks, great talking to you again. This is the emergency podcast inside the Gamecocks podcast. Like I said, I said, tomorrow I'll be back later today. It's 145 on the East Coast. And uh, be back to answer your mailbag questions. Uh, again, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com or tweet to at the Big Spur pod. And uh, we'll roll from there. And uh, also we'll give our sponsors uh, more shout outs. <laughs> Uh, emergency pods, sometimes you throw them together quickly. Uh, but certainly we appreciate Heritage Digital, Cindy Foss, Realtor, and um, and uh, also could never forget the iHealth Consulting mailbag from iHealth Consulting. How can I help you? Uh, but uh, be sure to give those guys a lot of love uh, on the forthcoming episode when I answer your mailbag questions. All right, J.C. Sherbert signing off, going to bed. Uh, got a new coach, folks. So. Let's roll.